Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And Wisnowski had to take it. He might get it. Wisnowski's going to run for the first down and more. It's like the 30. There is a flag at the 41-yard line, and there's another flag well, down I think the field. I think there's two penalties. I think they late hit Wisnowski out of bounds, and then I also think behind the play, they're going to get San Francisco for an illegal block, potentially. I think there's two different penalties. Was that on purpose, or did he just run from the pressure? Was it's that a fake? A, it's an alert. Now back to Overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, Mitch Wisnowski running for 30 yards to convert on fourth down on what I don't think was a called fake punt. He just went for it himself, but unfortunately it got called back because of a Ronnie Bell illegal block as he went low to lay a block, although he really just slipped and unfortunately kind of turned into a block. As a result, uh, redo fourth down, Niners punt anyways. But that was that was a fun moment watching Mitch Wisnowski run 30 yards down the field for a first down before it got called back. Can I make a recommendation to Kyle Shanahan? You can. Put him in the backfield, Kyle. <laughs> Give him some run, my friend. Who is that, CMC back there? Elijah Mitchell, who cares? Put Mitch Wisnowski back there. He's got the stroke. 30 yards downfield. I don't see Mitchell doing that. I don't see Ty Davis Price doing that. Jeremy McNichols doing that. It's CMC. <laughs> And it's Mitch Wisnowski. Uh, we'll hear from Kyle Shanahan on that play, the Wisnowski fake punt, which, again, did not stand, but it was one of the more fun moments from the game. But I promise the Debo Samuel record-breaking stat, and finally. I got to finally pay that off. Man. I know. I know. Really, waiting really, all day. Really bad of me. Uh, so Debo Samuel had a one-yard rushing touchdown today, correct? Correct. He had a rushing touchdown. That is now the 19th rushing touchdown of his career, which is now the most rushing touchdowns by a player whose primary position is wide receiver. Wow. Does that make Debo Samuel the greatest dual threat receiver of all time? It might. Bobby Mitchell was the previous. He had 18 rushing touchdowns as a wide receiver. This is since at least 1960 when the stats were tracked. Um, But Debo Samuel, now 19 career rushing touchdowns, the most by any Primary wide receiver in NFL history. That's pretty crazy. The fact that, what, Christian McCaffrey is, I believe he's still six behind, five now behind Jerry Rice for the team season record I ha- of 23. I have it here, one sec. Debo Samuel, the most touchdowns ever for a receiver on the ground, and brought Purdy second career highs through the air today. Yeah, McCaffrey without a touchdown today, unfortunately. So he has 17 still. He needs six more he to tie six, Jerry Rice. Yeah, he's six shy of Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, 23 touchdowns in 1987. So good. Have, have you Jerry seen Rice, like the man. top five <laughs> list? <laughs> it's all Jerry Rice. So Jerry Rice by himself, 23 touchdowns in 1987. 
Christian McCaffrey is tied with two different Jerry Rice seasons for second. Jerry Rice had 17 in both 1989 and 1995. Uh, Terrell Owens had 16 in 2001. Uh, who he's tied with two other Jerry Rice seasons, Man. who also had 16. So Jerry Rice had, seas- had 16 touchdowns in one season, 16 again, 17 in one season, 17 again, and also 23. The fact that <laughs> we've been this spoiled, not just to win five Super Bowls and watch the Giants win three World Series here, but the fact that arguably two of the greatest athletes in their respective sports were playing in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Barry Bonds and Jerry Rice. Legends. I've been so spoiled just to watch those two guys. And I will say this. My favorite Jerry Rice is, well, aesthetically, it's You're going to say the Seattle Seahawks Jerry Rice, I was going to say Denver you? Broncos, actually. but uh, Oakland Raiders? It's actually Raiders Jerry Rice. He was <laughs> so good. It, it felt weird at first, but Jerry Rice, he made any jersey look good. But... Jerry Rice in the silver and black actually wasn't that bad of a look. He almost won a Super Bowl there, too. I can't believe those words were coming out of your mouth. I won't lie. I did don a 80 Jerry Rice jersey for a while. <laughs> wow. I also, wow. I also had a Dante Culpepper Vikings jersey. Sound the alarms. Hey, man. It was more You were so, wearing a non-Niners oh, jersey? In my Who youth, is this guy? In my YouTube. YouTube text line. Ada, <laughs> what is going on here? It was I don't know this Jerry man. Rice. I, I wasn't rocking the Joey Porter or like the Tyrone Wheatley, Charlie Gardner. It was just, give me Jerry. You give me a load of Jerry and I'm just fine. I mean, Jerry's the greatest Play athlete Play in the NFL. Exactly. Yeah. He is my favorite athlete of all time. He's he's incredible. Incredible. It's like Jerry and Bonds right there. By the way, uh, we were talking about the Mitch Wisnowski fake punt. You know who just pulled off a fake punt? In the Sunday night football game between Philadelphia and me. the Eagles, or Philadelphia and the Cowboys, the Eagles pulled it off, and now they're driving See, down they're trying just, to score. They're just copying pasters. Oh, San Francisco did it. Now we have to well, do it. Their, their punter threw for the first down. Cowards. He's scared to get hit. Coward. And it, it did count. It did not get called back because of a penalty. They are now facing a fourth and five, the Eagles are, and they're down 10 nothing uh, in Dallas against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jake Elliott. Uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. Jake Elliott is on for a 52-yard field goal. About to get some attempt. fantasy points. Well, he might miss. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, if, if this is good, it's a seven-point Dallas lead. But regardless, things are looking up for the 49ers as the Cowboys have a lead in Dallas against the Eagles. And Jake Elliott's field goal is good. So the updated, score, yeah, the updated score in Dallas, 10-3 to Cowboys over the Eagles. About 12 and a half to go in the first half. So the Niners handled business earlier today, Sterling. They got a win. Uh, and now the <laughs> Eagles trailing by seven in the first half. If that score holds before the night is over, when we all go to bed tonight. I don't sleep. When I'm the, like Batman. When the clock hits midnight and the day turns to Monday, the Niners will officially be first place in the NFC if that score holds. I'm like Michael Keaton in Batman where he hangs upside down like a bat to sleep, actually. <laughs> Tim Burton, what were you doing? It's weird. <laughs> the text line says, the 510, DK Metcalf is the Ross discount version of Terrell Owens. Man. Is that, dis- is that disrespectful to, to Ross? To Ross? <laughs> like, what are, we, what are we doing here? Ross is much better than DK Metcalf. Maybe John Ross version. Like, come on. John like, Ross. what are we doing? Don't no. Ross is great for discounts. John like, Ross was such a bust, no one even knows who that is, Sterling. I know who John Ross is. He lives right here in my heart. 
Hit the fastest 40 time of all time. Shout out Washington Huskies. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you don't want to say that, but I do not want to say that. Panics. <laughs> um, we're talking about the fake uh, punt by Mitch Wisnowski. Here's his head coach Kyle Shanahan talking about that play, and unfortunately, the penalty that followed that it wiped it off the board. Uh, I don't really know what happened on it. I think he just hesitated a little bit. I haven't got to talk to him personally. I, I don't know if he thought it was going to get blocked or if he bobbled the snap a hair or he just had a glitch, but it was a good one because when he paused and stuff and saw the edge, it was obviously a clean look, and he didn't hesitate for it, and I was just told he hit um, over 20 miles per hour on it, so that's <laughs> real cool. I know Ronnie felt bad about it, but um, wish we could have avoided that. Is that true? There's no way the punter hit 20 miles an hour running down the sideline. I have to look up fastest speeds in the entire NFL right now. That's got to be a joke. Someone's lying to Kyle Shanahan. 20 miles an hour? That can't possibly be true. Okay, to keep that in mind, the top speeds this year, Tyreek Hill, 22.01 miles an hour. There's no way Mitch Brzezinowski is in within two miles per hour of Tyreek Hill. De- Devon A. Chain, 21.93 miles an hour. The fact that our punter, t- two miles an hour under well, the fastest player in the entire league. Apparent. We don't know if that's true. Oh, hey, don't question Kyle Shanahan. I'm questioning him. Wow, you're a hater, dude. There's He's... no way Mitch Wisnowski can run 20 miles Why per not? hour. Why not? Why not? Why not? He's a punter. They got strong legs. <laughs> they, got, they got the muscles to push the thighs. <laughs> if anyone's going to run fast, it's going to be a punter. I, I need to do some recon. I need to know if this is true or not. Because if it's true, maybe you're right. Put him in the backfield. That's what I'm saying. Give him, literally, the annexation to Puerto Rico, Mitch Wisnowski style. I don't know where he's from. Australia, right? The annexation of Australia. Mitch Wisnowski has to be in there somewhere. This man's running 20 miles an hour. Like, this man should be running for Team USA for the Olympics. 20 miles an hour? Are you kidding me? That's faster than probably Brock Purdy, probably George Kittle. Half the team. That's like Raheem Mostert level of speed right there. He's out there surfing on the waves and everything. Mitch Wisnowski's a gamer, man. Wow. There's no way it was 20. There's no way. I'm trying to find some sort of real source. Uh, Let's see. Data from Next Gen Stats. Please tell me. Mitch Wisnowski hit 20.13 miles per hour on that fake punt, (laughs) which would have been the fifth fastest ball carrier speed by a punter in the Next Gen Stats era. That's crazy. Unfortunately called back for an illegal block. Who's the fastest punter ever? Marquette King, maybe? Now we're going down a rabbit hole. Ray Guy. Shout out. Who's a punter that had, like, the weird foot? The kicker that had the weird foot? Tony Danza played him in the movie. You know what that is? Oh, yeah. I for, eh. I want to see that guy run. <laughs> that guy's probably 100 miles an hour. That's awesome. Oh, man. man. Uh, but I think Kyle Shanahan hadn't seen the replay. It was, I don't know. It was relatively clear that it was just Mitch Wisnowski realizing he could, right? Rogue. He It was, like, all out. There was no gunners on the side. They were coming for the block. They were all coming for the block, and he had a lot of room off to the right side. Everyone else on that side of the field had turned his back to him. I think it was a called normal punt. Mm-hmm. Mitch Wisnowski took a second, took a beat, saw no one was going to block him, knew he had a moment to maybe think about it, began to run, to began to run. no one picked him up, and he's like, I, I easily have the first down here. And he picked up 30 yards, and then it was all called back, but... That's got to be difficult to do in the moment, Sterling, because you're so worried and you're so, you're so focused on getting the punt off, and you're so worried about it getting blocked. the The wherewithal to like cancel out of <laughs> the plan, like right. on a moment's notice, and take off 
seems really difficult to do, and Wisniewski made it look easy. It didn't stand, and they later punted, but I was impressed. Do you think there's a conversation of like, all right, Mitch, you got your one, never again? Well, it kind of sounded like Kyle Shanahan was, I haven't talked to him yet. Like, it, I got to kind of give him a stern talking to. It feels like that's a lot of the conversations Kyle Shanahan has to have with this team where it's like, yeah, it's great you did it once. Don't do it again, whether it's Brock Purdy or Debo, whoever. We've heard a lot and seen a lot of plays this year with Brock where it's like, it worked. You maybe got lucky. Like, now I'm going to have to talk to you and say, play within the system, play within the play itself. For Mitch, it's like, okay, I know you got 20 miles an hour. You think you're pretty fast now, huh? You, do you, what do you, Raheem Mostert back there? And it's like, all right, Mitch, like, chill. Like, don't do it again. If it happens again, I'm going to put Legatron out there, and he's going to do puns from now on. <laughs> Legatron, perfect again today. Four for four PATs. Best nickname of the year? Jake Moody, Legatron? I mean, the Niners have not needed him. When was the last time he attempted a field goal? I, I forgot he even played here. Like, who, who is the Jake Niners, Moody? We talked a lot early in the season about um, red zone offense being a little bit of an issue. Yeah. Um, and that's when the Jake Moody conversations were happening because he was attempting way more field goals. Browns, Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to look up his game log. I don't think he's attempted a field goal. I think the Bucks game was the last was, one. I was going to say either Bucks or Jags. It's been at least three consecutive games. I don't think where he has a field goal attempt. And guess what? Thank God. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, good. that's what you want. You do not want to have to rely on your kicker to make field goals. <laughs> well, not even because of that. It's just that the less he kicks, the less I worry. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I don't, I, or I haven't had this fear of like, here comes Jake Moody, going to kick a field goal. I can't wait for, hope this one fingers crossed goes through the uprights. It's like, oh, there's Jake. Putting on the PAT. There he is. There's Legatron out there making these, what, 23, 30-yard chip shots. Easy, easy Uh, stuff. He did attempt one and made it from 32 yards out Thanksgiving night against Seattle. Oh, wow. Uh, The last two games has not attempted one. So why didn't he get a turkey leg? That's a really good question. Haters. He made five kicks that night. Five for five, four extra points and one field goal. Nobody gives the kicker making PATs and field goals and the punter Running 20 miles an hour, any love. We'll do it right here on Overtime. Shout out Legatron. Where's uh, where's our guy on the Comcast Business text line? We He's see him, we see him every there. week. 510? There. Oh, yeah. Oh, He's there he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Legatron's still well, perfect we have, on the 510. We have that. Then we have Dinkin' Dog, the Seattle Sea Frauds. <laughs> He's, well, then he said let Metcalf double fist it, so we'll stop there. What? Well, he, he stole that from you. <laughs> did, you did. you brought up you brought that up. I'm you not did, I'm not touching did. it. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get back on track here. Overtime continues on 95-7. The game it's Grandy oh, and man. Sterling. Uh, Kyle Shanahan post game talking about his quarterback Brock Purdy, and he was asked about the strategy of the Seattle defense uh, because there were a lot of deep shots down the field for the 49ers, and Brock Purdy hit almost every single one of them. Uh, head coach Kyle Shanahan asked about the Seattle defense. Were they daring Brock Purdy to beat them? Here's the head coach. No, they're actually pretty soft in all their coverages. They have deep guys all the time. You got one off schedule breaking out. Uh, The touchdown to Debo, just their hooker, stopped on the play. So when you do that, there's no one by him. And he saw, I think it was 33, he stopped and Brock saw it. And that's why he got a wide open touchdown. So Kyle Shanahan talking about the Seattle defense saying, no, they were not daring Brock Purdy to beat him downfield. They know better than that. They're smarter than that. They know that Brock Purdy can throw the deep ball, but even though they were prepared for it, Brock Purdy still beat him deep down the field. 
Do you think it's more of like, do you think Kyle wants teams to dare him to throw it downfield? Where it's like, I know he can do it. We know he can do it. It's like, it's it's almost like you hope defenses continue to disrespect him. Where it's like, we talked earlier about oh, the MVP conversation, how the national media doesn't give him the credit, brought up Eric Mangini, where it's like, do you want the flip, though, where it's like, please continue to disrespect Brock Purdy. That way, he can show you on the field how good he actually is. I think there's a part of that um, where maybe it gives you an extra chip, like chip on your shoulder to keep you motivated. Right, right. I also think the Niners' offense is at a point where if a defense says, all right, you know what, we're going to take away the deep ball today. Okay, the Niners will just for lack of a better term, dink and dunk you to death, right? They'll, they'll beat you underneath all day Same long. curse words on the air, Mark. They'll beat you underneath all game long, if that's what your plan is. It's a dink and dog, okay? <laughs> but the Niners' <laughs> offense is also good enough to where you are, all right, we're going to take away the short game. We're not going to allow McCaffrey out of the flat. We're not going to allow Debo on shallow crossers. We're not going to allow Ayuk on a slant. We're going to take all that away. Then guess what? The Niners are good enough to beat you over the top and deep down the field. Like, I think if you're Kyle Shanahan you're kind of set either way and you don't really need the opposing defense to to pick one side or the other because you can do either kind of equally effective. Is it weird to say that the only people, team, to get in the Niners' way this year to stop them from accomplishing their Super Bowl aspirations, their goal to get their sixth Lombardi, is the Niners? That no team has... a I mean, the, I num- say chance, the but- number one is health. Yeah. And that, that's okay. Niners related, obviously. You can't control it, but... I mean, the Niners are the most talented team in the NFL, and they have consistently played their A game way more than any other team in the NFL. It does feel like if they're going to get beat by somebody, it's because they didn't come to play, not because the other team actually beat them. It would also take the opposing team playing re- really, really, really good Perfect. football. Like, yeah. You have to credit that team for doing it. Right, right. But. Like the Browns, the Vikings. Uh, like It feels like you have to credit those teams for, okay, you showed up, you beat us. The Bengals being the prime example of that. But it feels like this Niners team as a collective, in a way, feels like you are playing prime Tom Brady, where it's like two minutes on the clock, you're, you're going to want the ball in Brady's hands. It feels like as a collective, you're like, man, like... This team just feels like if they're going to lose, it's not because you actually beat them. It's because they beat themselves. Yeah, we're getting to a point where this Niners team is is so talented and things are clicking so well that as an opponent, you don't control your own destiny, right? It's like right. it's like you're in a playoff race and pretend you're the San Francisco Giants and you're you're down by you trail the Dodgers, and this is a really bad example. Dude, considering why what, you, they just shine <laughs> Shohei, and you're out here throwing the name out there. You, you're down by one game entering the final day of the regular season. You need to win, but the Dodgers have the tiebreaker on you. So you also, or you have the tiebreaker, or you need to force a one-game playoff. You right. need the Dodgers to lose. You need help in order to extend your season, right? You go into a game against the San Francisco 49ers right now, not only do you need to take care of your business, you need to play your best game, Yeah. the Niners need to slip up. Like yeah. If you play your best game, the Niners play their best game, the Niners are winning. I don't care who you are. That's how good they are. If you are an opponent and you take on the San Francisco 49ers, you do not control your own destiny. You can play your A++++++ game. If the Niners play their A++++ game, you lose. The Niners' peak is better than every other peak in the NFL. If you are to beat the Niners, 
You need to play great. The Niners need to play not as good as they can. Well, take it further. I think it takes a team's A++ game. San Francisco can still play a B-plus game and still win. That's how good they are. Like, if their peak is better than anybody else's, which I think it is, I think San Francisco can have, like we saw against Philadelphia, they didn't score a point, and they still won that game handily. They can take fourth quarters off because they're beating you so bad. It feels like the Niners, over every other team, can have an off day and still beat you by 15 or 20. And we saw it today. They weren't great today. Now, the scoreboard says they won by 12. The box score says Brock Purdy had a career day passing. And by the way, a 12-point win is one of the smaller margins of victories they've had all season. Exactly. And again, today wasn't a great day all-encompassing of the entire team. They had some turnovers. They had two of them, mind you. They didn't score they needed to. Some offensive drives stalled. But they still scored 28 points, beat an NFC West divisional opponent, and essentially secured the division up today. Now, I thought it was wrapped up two weeks ago, but now it's even more wrapped up. In fact, it's so wrapped up, it's under my Christmas tree right now. That's how wrapped up it is. It's so wrapped up, my mom got it for her birthday yesterday. It's wrapped up, it's done, it's over. Division's ours, number one seed, as of right now, it might be ours, 16-13, Dallas over Philadelphia. (laughs) We're feeling pretty good, Mark. Extra point coming to make it 17. I don't know, number one seed's right there, I can taste it. I can taste it. Of double-digit lead for the Cowboys in the first half. It'll it'll be 17-3 to in a matter of moments when Brandon Aubrey makes the extra point uh, with 6 minutes and 14 seconds left in the first half. Uh, the Niners, you're right, they can, they can smell it. They can taste it. They are a half a football away from the one seed in the NFC. The Eagles are going to need a second-half comeback, which they have done before a number of times this season, if they are uh, to come back and win this game and keep the Niners away from the one seed in the NFC, at least for the time being. All right, uh, let's go back to the phone lines here on overtime on 95-7 the game as we continue reacting to this Niners win 28-16 over the Seattle Seahawks. Up next is Michael in Concord. Michael, what's up? You're on overtime with Grandy and Sterling, how you doing today, Michael? I am great. I feel like you guys live in my head because everything you just said is like exactly what I was going to talk about. <laughs> so I think you guys are amazing. Uh, it's like my probably second time calling in a while, but I was at the game today. Crowd was electric. It was awesome. I feel like exactly what you guys were saying. Like if we're on top of our game and another team's on top of their game, it's it's a, it's they're they're we're we're just going to destroy people. Um, so today was a you know a gritty game. I think we needed that kind of game to say you know everybody just brings something. And Ayuk had over a hundred, Debo had over a hundred, McCaffrey had over a hundred. So like, how do you? I think that score easily could have been forty-two to whatever. And I think Seattle got gifted sixteen points today because we were fighting and gritty, and they were you know they got away with some calls or no calls, but it is what it is. We have to you know weather that storm. So. I feel like it was a good win today, and I'm fired up to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Hey, Michael, appreciate the call, and thanks for the kind words as well. It means a lot. Uh, I, I'm not sure I'd say that the Seahawks were gifted 16 points. I was honestly impressed with Seattle today playing without their starting quarterback. I thought they, they played a fine football game, and the fact that this was only a 12-point margin, and I say only kind of with you know quotation marks because that's still a big margin of victory, um, but I thought Seattle – I mean – I thought it was 31-13. to 13. That was my prediction. I thought this was going to be an easy, no-sweat game, even if you might fear kind of an emotional letdown. The Niners coming off of an emotional high from last week when they knocked off a team with only one loss on the season this late in the season. 
I honestly thought Seattle played a, a pretty good football game. I mean, they brought out the Niners play. Did, did you see that? The, the Colby Parkinson touchdown where where Drew Locke fakes the throw left, fakes so the throw right, then throws down the middle to a wide-open Colby Parkinson. The Niners ran that exact play on Thursday night football in Seattle last year. It led to a George Kittle touchdown that's right, that's over right. the middle. They they took a Kyle Shanahan play and wor- used it, and it worked. It got it got them six points. Cease and desist. That's the intellectual property of Kyle Shanahan. Pete Trademarked Carroll. it. Trademarked it. What is this? It's a great play, though. I mean, it it has worked twice in the one when the two teams have played each other, but imitation is what it's the best form of flattery, right? Mm-hmm. It, it feels like every offense wants to be. Kyle Shanahan, and it has been for a while, especially knowing that you have the McVeighs and the Shanahan coaching trees out there. It feels like every offense has been taking things from Kyle Shanahan, but even this year alone, Shanahan was taking plays from Mike McDaniel in Miami, but it, in a weird way to connect the points here, it feels like San Francisco today played more like Miami would with the explosiveness, with the speed. Mm. Rather than the Kyle Shanahan 13 plays, Chris McCaffrey, eight handoffs, Purdy has five attempts, it felt more like San Francisco played like the Dolphins did today rather than how we've come to know the Shanahan-San Francisco offense, which if you can do both, by all means go out there and do it because as the YouTube chat says, Brendan Dillinger, miles per hour wins Super Bowls. Today it won you a game, you play like this, this explosive, it might win you a championship. Yeah, and I think at the very least, it just shows everyone else, if they didn't already know, the Niners can beat you in a number of ways. They can beat you in a in a grinded-out game. This game kind of felt that way, but there were a ton of explosive plays as well. The Niners are multifaceted, and you try to limit one thing, they're going to get you with another thing. So this Niner team is extremely difficult to plan against, and they're even more difficult to actually play and compete against because they can beat you so many different ways. All right, time for a break. It's our final segment of overtime coming up next. Grandy and Sterling continue to celebrate this Niners win over the Seahawks. And by the way, the Cowboys lead the Eagles 17-3. The Eagles, though, driving in the final five minutes of the first half. We'll update you on that score coming up next as overtime continues here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No place to hang out or washing. And then I can't blame all on the sun. Oh no, we're gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Now back to Overtime. With Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Overtime continues here on 95.7 The Game. Sterling Bennett on the ones and twos. Right now, Mark, I'm on Electric Avenue right now, my friend. We're riding high. <laughs> Niners win. We're, it's not Christmas time yet. It's time to get on Electric Avenue. There we go. To Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Oh, God. Get over to YouTube. You can see Sterling bobbing and weaving right now. Niners one mark. What else should I do? <laughs> if I wasn't here, I probably wouldn't have any clothes on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Me and Eddie Grant having a good time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sterling having a great time celebrating a 12-point Niners win, 28-16 to over the Seattle Seahawks. Brock Purdy threw for a career-high 368 yards. Two touchdowns, did turn the ball over once with an interception. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, all over 100 yards. Debo and Ayuk, uh, pardon me, Debo and George Kittle had receiving touchdowns. Debo had another on the ground. Debo Samuel now has the most rushing touchdowns for a wide, a primarily wide receiver player in NFL history. The wide back. He's now scored five touchdowns in his last two games. He is on another, another level right now. George Kittle had a 44-yard touchdown catch. Debo Samuel, a 54-yard touchdown catch. Brandon Ayuk had a 45-yard catch that did not go for a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey had a 72-yard <laughs> touchdown run that did not go for a touchdown. The Niners were explosive offensively as they've ever been. And really, something I think they are getting to a point offensively where they're just striking fear into opponents. Because as you mentioned earlier here in overtime, they could... They can put together a 12-13 play drive that goes 80 yards down the field, takes off eight minutes of the clock, and get into the end zone and kind of take your will away. The dink and dunk style of offense. (laughs) But they could also go 80 yards in two plays and get into the end zone, uh, and the ball goes right back to your offense, and you've barely caught your breath on the sideline yet. Like This offense is so multifaceted, and they're so good at both aspects of it. It's almost hard to describe because it's it's rare you have an offense that can do both things so well. What was your thought when Chris McCaffrey broke that run? Because, I thought he was gone. Because <laughs> my thought, thought he was, was scoring. Maybe it's me being cynical. It was like they get the we have to play offense first. Okay, everything's going Seattle's way already. <laughs> like, like what's going on here? And then he breaks the run, and I was like, oh, uh, game over. I know Eric Crocker out there sounding trumpets on Twitter. Like, it felt like the minute Chris McCaffrey ran 72 yards downfield, if there was anxiety, if there was anyone feeling anxious, it felt like that was gone. You, you breathed and you said, oh, I forgot. <laughs> We're the best team in the entire league. Can I focus on that play for a minute? If you so, want. First play from scrimmage of, of the game. Niners, after a touchback, get the ball at their own 25-yard line. Uh, and it's a, a pitch to the left for Christian McCaffrey. 
and he eventually cuts back to the right, has a ton of green grass, goes all the way down to the three-yard line. But that play and the way that it happened, the way that McCaffrey got free, I think it perfectly encapsulates what makes this Niners offense so unique. Because, obviously, it's a, it's a pitch to one of the best weapons in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey. But who set the edge against a defensive end? Yeah. Debo Samuel, <laughs> your wide receiver, your other great offensive weapon, blocked a defensive end and didn't get blown over. Like He held his own. He set the edge against a defensive end. So that trunk again. <laughs> and then, and then your other your other wide receiver Brandon Ayuk is running step for step with Christian McCaffrey down the field. Eventually shakes uh, Witherspoon, the Seattle rookie corner, off of Christian McCaffrey, lays a block, allows McCaffrey to gain like fifteen or twenty more yards. Now it wasn't a touchdown down to the three yard line, seventy two yards. But it was, I think, again, the perfect encapsulation of what makes this Niners offense unique. How many other elite offenses in the NFL have a running back setting the edge against the defensive end and have another willing wide, or pardon me, a wide receiver setting the edge against the defensive end and another wide receiver being willing to sprint 70 yards down the field and catch up to the running back to lay another block? It's so rare, and it's what makes this Niners offense so good, and it's something that Nick Bosa talked about last week what everyone's been talking about all year as good as this team is as talented as this team is they are also so unselfish they're willing to do anything to help anyone else it'll be one guy's day one game it'll be someone else's game the next they are so 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 unselfish and that is an underrated aspect of what makes this team but also this offense so good well sticking with that As the NFL season progresses, some teams have to get away from what works in Week 1 when it comes to playing in Week 13 or 14. Once you get late in the year, what works early in the season might not work anymore for Mm. a variety of reasons. Guys get hurt, uh, maybe guys are hindered for a variety of reasons, who knows. But this Niners team, go all the way back to Pittsburgh. Chris McCaffrey's long, insane touchdown run. Yeah. Who's downfield? Ayuk. Who's setting the edge? Ayuk and Ray Ray McLeod. This team is exactly who they were in week one, and they're exactly who they are now in week 13 or 14. This Niners team, their identity has not changed. It's, we're going to run the football effectively behind Trent Williams. We're going to pass the ball either intermediately or down the field against you with Brock Purdy to Debo and Ayuk and Kittle. And we're going to make sure our motto stands true. No block, no rock. (laughs) This offense wants to pound you into the dirt even when they don't have the football in their hands. Whether it's Pittsburgh in week one or it's against Seattle in week 14, San Francisco's motto, their identity has not changed. So what does it tell you? And I ask this question honestly. I I have my opinion, but what does it tell you that the Niners and their strategy, their overarching theme, their the way that they go about their business, their offensive scheme, their plan, as you laid out, same things we're talking about today were the case week one. What does it tell you that it's still the same? I mean, other teams change things up, have to evolve. The league figures out how to stop something. Like, Is this just a case of the Niners and their plan being so difficult to stop that there's no reason to go away from it? It almost feels like, well, you can have maybe a day, 
Cleveland being one of the best examples. The Bengals being another one. Yeah. Where it's like, man, like, whatever you're doing is working defensively. But then you sit back and say, well, Debo didn't play, and then Trent got hurt, and McCaffrey was hurt in the Cleveland game early and was hindered against the Vikings. At full health, this team, I don't think their game plan, I don't think their scheme, I don't think their identity can be matched. I think it's the best in the entire NFL by far. I think they like who they are is tried and true, whereas teams like Dallas, come playoff time, you get shaky. You go, oh, it's the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to lose. Teams like Philadelphia, is Jalen Hurts who he was last year? I don't think so. I think if you look at every other team, all 31 teams, you're going to say, mm, they have this, this issue and that issue. Their identity, it really isn't... Uh, a sticking formula to victories where San Francisco, it's like they've won 10 games doing the same thing almost every single time because it works. And no one's proven that they can stop it. You blitz, so why would you change? You, you can't blitz Purdy. You can't play man. You can't play zone. You can't... Every level of their team, they're, they're not perfect. No one's saying they're perfect or unbeatable. But it's who they are at the core of their foundation. It starts with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan... It just feels like they're built to last. They're built to go through 21, 22 games, and they're not going to change. There was a cut to John Lynch prior to the game, jogging the steps of Levi Stadium <laughs> to honor, I believe it was someone who who had passed away in maybe a war or, or, or died on a bicycle, something like that. Uh, that's who he is. He's a kind, true, loving person that cares. That filters down to the entire organization where when Fred Warner and Metcalf are getting involved in stuff, you have Lenore, a guy who's five inches shorter, out there taking shots, backing up his guy. They're going to run the rock, they're going to get in your face, and no one has been able to stop that. It's just, they're, I, I, like who they are as a person is almost unmovable. There's so much foundation there, it's not going to change. No one's going to say, Kyle, it's not working. He's going to say, sit back, breathe, and watch this thing play out. Yeah, I, I don't, I can't confirm this because I did not see John Lynch running the steps at Levi's, but former Tennessee Titans tight end Frank Wycheck, yeah. who was famed for throwing the lateral yeah. in the Music City awesome Miracle, play. Awesome he, play. he passed away today, unfortunately, at the young age of 52. So sad news for the NFL family. I would imagine that's who John Lynch was honoring. Uh, Frank Wycheck, of course, former teammates with Lorenzo Neal, part of our oh, yeah, 95-7 yeah. The Game family. Lorenzo Neal was on that team. Uh, you heard Lowe on the kickoff show getting ready for this game here on 95-7 The Game, so certainly we send our, our thoughts and prayers out to the family uh, of Steve Wycheck. Uh, very, very unfortunate. Passed away today at the age of 52. Uh, again, part of one of the most famous plays in NFL history, the Music City Miracle. He was the lateral guy. He set awesome. the whole thing up. Uh, but yeah, certainly thoughts go out to the white check family, but you're right about this Niners offense. Um, and I, I think maybe to a lesser degree, it, it extends to the defense as well. That's just how much talent that this team does have. Um, but you begin to, to look at goals for the San Francisco 49ers. They're now 10 and three Sterling. You've played 13 games. You have four games left. You have a four game lead in your division. There you go. So the only way that you do not win this division is if the, you have the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. So you need the Rams to win out, and you need to lose every single game that you play the rest of the way. Which <laughs> probably is not going to happen. I would be willing to bet a, a big sum of money 
that the Niners will not lose the rest of their games and the Rams will not win the rest of their games because they play each other. How much, Mark? How much you want to bet? Everything in my bank account. Wow. It feels like that there is only one game where you're worried about it, and that is Christmas Day against the Ravens in Baltimore, where that might be. Is it in Baltimore? I think so. If it's here, I think it's in Santa Clara. If it's here, we're having a fun time on Christmas night. Let me. I feel like it's in Baltimore. If it's not, then oh boy, we're bringing on the the eggnog. Oh, it's at home. Oh, in Santa Clara, Mark. I might come in a full Santa outfit. We're gonna have some fun. (laughs) You better. I mean, now that you said that. I need to find a Grinch outfit. I'm talking like, not like those like dumb, like, oh, I'm the Grinch. I'm talking about like full-on Jim Carrey Grinch. I'll, I'll, I'll eat an onion on the air. Oh, God. I'll do it. It'll be great. We'll have, we'll have a great time. Now that you have said this on air, <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it. If you don't come in in either a full Santa outfit or the Grinch, I will be upset. So here's the thing. you do not want to ruin my Christmas. I'm going to be on an airplane the next day at like 5 o'clock in the morning, so <laughs> probably not going to happen, but oh. I'll certainly act like it. Oh. I can be Santa. Uh, by the way, in the Whoa. final minute of the first half in Dallas, the Eagles have got a field goal, so it's 17-6. to Six, six points. Um, but the the Cowboys are at the one-yard line with 24 seconds left. They just completed a pass to Brandon Cooks down at the one-yard line. There were a couple of penalties on the Eagles a few minutes ago that extended the drive and gave them a uh, good field position. Uh, but it looks like... Barring disaster, the Eagles will score another touchdown before the Cowboys. half is over. Cowboys the Cowboys, over. excuse me. The Eagles are on defense, and the Cowboys are at the one-yard line. The Cowboys are already out in front, 17-6, to and if they get one more yard, this will be 24-6 to at halftime. Can we sing the song about Philadelphia now? You can. You don't want to? I don't want wow. to. Wow. Not on the bandwagon yet? No. You, you don't want to classify them as this certain name? Is it uh, the F word? It is the F word. <laughs> <laughs> Not that F word. Wow. You, don't, you really aren't ready yet? Well, I mean, I... I'm not patting myself on the on the back as anything can happen. The Cowboys still have a really, really tough schedule moving forward. They got the Bills coming up. The Bills just beat the Chiefs. I thought the Cowboys were going to win the division at That's the true. beginning of the season. That's true. Uh, and right now, they're taking a big step towards that. So now, we'll you, see. If you thought that, why can't we sing the song together? We can end the show holding hands, singing the song. Right in the mic. I don't even know the song. Let's go. I sing it every time we we have a show, Mark. Yeah, and I just I don't listen. <laughs> blur it out. All right. Sherwin's singing again. Forget what he has to say. Final few minutes of overtime. You're on 95.7 the game as the E or pardon me as the Cowboys go for a touchdown just before the half. We're going to get to. Our uh, game balls, Ooh. and by the way, before I even get into that, the Cowboys have scored Michael Gallup, a one-yard touchdown reception. You add on the extra point, and it will likely be 24-6 to Cowboys F- at the R- half. F-R-A-U-D-S-F-R-A-U-D-S. Frauds, 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 frauds. There is a flag. Oh, no! <laughs> the stripe's taking it away. Oh, the touchdown oh, stands. Oh, it stands. F-R-A-U-D-S. <laughs> Uh, this has gone off the rails. All right, let's do game balls. We got uh, about seven, eight minutes left of overtime here on 95-7 the game. Let's wrap up this 28-16 Niners win over the Seattle Seahawks. The Niners now 10-3 and on the season. Seattle falls to 6-7. and The Niners are uh, one game away, one Ooh. positive result away from both a 
playoff appearance, locking up a playoff appearance, and also locking up the NFC West. They could get that as early, the playoff appearance, that is, as early as tomorrow. Look at us. They will likely clinch the NFC West next week. Who'd have thought? But let's do game balls. Sterling, I'll let you go first. Who okay. does your first game ball go to today? Do I just give it to Lenore for smacking Metcalf in the mouth? <laughs> hey, you could. That's a good pick. That's what I'll do. All right. DK Metcalf was a nothing burger, a non-factor for his second game in a row against the San Francisco 49ers. In this game, DK had two catches for 52 yards on five targets. And both those catches were in the first quarter. When Lenore wasn't even guarding him, one against Mooney Ward, one against Ambry Thomas, the other, what, three times he was targeted, nada, zilch, nothing, and he had an interception, Lenore, that was taken away because Nick mm-hmm. Bosa jumped off sides. Then he smacked DK baby roids in the mouth. It was awesome. It was great. <laughs> Lenore gets my first game ball. I like it. Yeah, DeAndre Lenore was really good in this game, uh, limited DK Metcalf. I'll go with the obvious one. I guess there's a number of obvious ones. There's like 13 of them, but yes. <laughs> but on the <laughs> offensive side, I got to go Debo Samuel. Yeah. Seven catches, 149 yards, and a touchdown. On the ground, had a touchdown, just one carry for the one yard. It was that one-yard touchdown run. So 150 total yards for Debo Samuel, two touchdowns. He now has five touchdowns in his last two games. Uh, he is looking like that all-pro version of himself from 2021, and when he's on this level, this offense just reaches a different level. Debo Samuel was fantastic once again. Uh, he gets my game ball, certainly deserving of it. How about I give one to an underrated player? Okay. Someone that Niner fans have unfortunately grown to dislike in his tenure or maybe fall out of favor. Eric Armstead didn't play today. You know who played today? Javon Kinlaw? Javon Kinlaw played today. He had two sacks against Philadelphia last week. Today had a half a sack, one tackle for loss. I believe he stuffed Zach Charbonnet on a massive uh, play early in the game. With Javon Kinlaw, just getting anything from him feels like a win. But he's playing really good football right now. No Javon Hargrave for a portion of this game. He was a factor from the opening kickoff to the end of it. I'll give Javon Kinlaw some love today. He gets my game ball. I like that. Javon Kinlaw, yeah, I mean, you're right. Kind of quietly putting together a solid few weeks. Um, and, I mean, the key for him, obviously, you want to see him produce and you want to see tackles for loss and stuffing the run. Um, but it's just good to see him healthy for an extended period of time. Do you uh, think they lock him down in the cellar and feed him squirrels through a slot? That's what I would do. <laughs> Not to sound inhumane, but if it works, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might need to provide yeah. people with the context Pete for that is going to call me in a second, get me fired. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Don't call me Hegan. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, God. I love right. you, Javon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go next. I'll stick on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Purdy obviously deserves a shout-out, but I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, six for 126. Did not get into the end zone today, but with those 126 yards, including a 45-yard bomb, um, he's now over 1,000 yards for the second consecutive season, That's the awesome. first Niner wide receiver to do that since Anquan Bolden all the way back in 2013-2014. Uh, so shout-out to Brandon Ayuk. Consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. 1,000-yard seasons becoming more and more common as the league gets very pass-heavy and obviously longer seasons now you play 17 games. But Brandon Ayuk doing it this season in just 13 games, over 1,000 yards, uh, the best pure route runner this team has by far. He's been great all season long, very consistent. Uh, and he's been on a bit of a heater lately, 
in terms of catching touchdown passes. Did not get that today, but 126 receiving yards. He gets a game ball for me today. My last game ball, I think it's the most obvious one besides Debo Samuel. And that is, of course, the MVP favorite, ah. Brocketh Purdy. Brocketh. Brocketh Purdy the ninth. Brock Purdy, 19 for 27, 368 yards, darn near 370 passing yards. Had Brandon Ayuk, your game ball buddy, not fumbled, he would have had 370 <laughs> yards. He had 13.6 yards per attempt, 10 and a half air yards per attempt. So Eric Mangini and the, and the Dink and Dunk boys out there, how about you eat that for breakfast tomorrow morning? Two touchdowns, one pick. That was your game ball, Ayuk's fault again. Better watch out, Mark. Your, your boy Ayuk has some holes in his game. <laughs> no, but he was great as well. <laughs> they had a 122 Poland rating. Brock Purdy has just been, dare I say, perfect since the bye week. One mistake, turned the ball over just twice in the past five games. He's been awesome. He's been, there's a reason why he's in the MVP conversation. He did it once again today. He was sacked three times. I don't care about that stuff. You win by 12 against the Seattle Seahawks. You can take that all day long. And I believe Brock Purdy now is 4-0 against the P. Carroll Seattle Seahawks. He has to get a game ball from me. Yeah, 4-0 as a starter against the Seattle Seahawks. Impressive for Brock Purdy. You say the... Uh, NFL MVP favorite. While I would agree, I don't know if the rest of the the world does because Uh, Dak Prescott at halftime, they lead. The Cowboys lead the Eagles 24-6 at halftime. He's on pace for 304 touchdowns today, Sterling. He's just doing what Brock Purdy did one week ago. Yeah, you're right. He's late to the game. It's already been done. We'll see. We'll see, but it is good news for the Niners. The Cowboys currently have an 18-point lead over the Eagles at the halftime break. All right, one last game ball. I'll go over the to the defensive side, and I gotta get it. I gotta give it to the reigning defensive player of the year. Nick Bosa had a sack and a half. He pleaded his case. He made sure he got that full sack. Uh, you mentioned this earlier. It was Drew Locke stepped up in the pocket and almost got back across the line of scrimmage, but Nick Bosa brought him down just behind the line of scrimmage. He pointed to the to the official and said, "Hey." Were you marking this? I got him behind the line. That's a sack. That's a sack. And it counted as a sack. Nick Bosa had a sack and a half, and he's been on uh, a good streak of late. After a bit of a slow start off of the bye, he has looked like the DPOY that he was last year. He's been very good, uh, and today was no different. Nick Bosa, sack and a half. He gets my last game ball. As the Niners, Sterling, have now won five games in a row. They're 28-16. and 16. And they uh, continue the bird gauntlet. A week from today, they take on the Arizona Cardinals. And then, and then we got the Baltimore Ravens on Christmas. Gonna be a ton of fun. Looking forward to these next two games. It's gonna be hard to not look forward to Christmas Day against the Ravens when you have the Cardinals waiting between them. Uh, but Niners gotta take care of business because if if the Eagles. Lose this game like they're, they're down by 18 right now at halftime. You'll be tied for the number one seed in the NFC. It might take winning out to, to finish as the one seed. So Let's you can't take any weeks off if you're the 49ers. All right, that'll do it for overtime here on 95.7 The Game. The Niners knock off the Seahawks 28-16. to Thanks to everyone for tuning in all afternoon and evening long. Thanks as well to Chris O'Connell for cutting up all the highlights, giving us all the sound you heard throughout the show. For my partner, Sterling Bennett, who has one more word for you. What's up? Mom, happy birthday. Hey. I won't say your age. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Love you. 
Dinner last night. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right, that'll do it for us here on 95.7 The Game today. The Niners knock off the Seahawks 28-16. to They're now 10-3 and and could clinch a playoff spot as early as tomorrow. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Mark Randy signing off right here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game. And then I can't blame all on your son. Oh, no, we're going to rock down to Electric Avenue. And then we'll take it higher. Electric Avenue, and then we'll take it higher. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.